January 1899, near the Willamette River, Wilsonville, Oregon. Whenever the wind blew hard and the rain came down sideways, lashing the windowpane, Florence Harms heard her dancing song. As the wind increased, so did the song. It sang of distant mountain peaks and torturous trails winding through giant boulders. It sang of sweat and blood, and always it climbed upwards, trembling from the heights, beckoning, calling. Its strange, haunting melody set her feet to dancing. A part of her wanted to whirl, stamp, and lift her arms to embrace the music, to move in unison to the raging wind and the flutter of the flame within the lantern bathing the cabin's empty room in its soft glow. But the other part was fearful, her hand still clinging to the cane as her body slowly became more mobile, putting aside forever, or so she hoped, the illness that took her ability to walk and run freely, her energy to do her daily tasks. The good doctor told her she had taken a turn for the better, and she could expect to return to her full energy and freedom of movement, but it would take time. Will had returned from the icy north, and soon— Even before winter ended, she would become his wife. Except I always wanted roses on my wedding day. She whispered into the silent room of the newly constructed log cabin that Will and the men from Frog Pond Church had banded together to raise. The day after Christmas, they felled the young firs in the grove along the back field and cut them into lengths the horses dragged to the site she and Will had chosen at the edge of the garden. It had only taken another few days to raise the walls and put up the roof, using shakes cut from an old-growth fir tree felled several years earlier. All they needed now was the order of glass windows to arrive by steamboat. But would it arrive? Whenever it rained steadily, she remembered 1894, the year of the flood. Since then, From her home on the west hills of Portland, she had always kept a close watch on the river whenever the rains refused to let up. Would there be flooding along the waterfront come morning? And what about the boats and barges? Would they be swept out to the mighty Columbia River and on into the ocean? Florence pushed her thoughts away from the year when First Street had flooded and tried to recapture her song. She was in a safe place now high above the creek that raced through the canyon during high water. No longer would she live in a tent. She'd be safe with Will in the cabin he was building for her. Instead, there was a loud knock. She whirled around to face the door. Who would be out on a rain-drenched afternoon, fast turning into darkness? Tilly? Her Aunt Amelia? The front door blew open as she leaned forward on her cane and rose to her feet. Will! She gasped, then smiled at the tall, broad-shouldered man with a worried frown. He stood on the threshold, water dripping off the brim of his hat and streaking his coat. She held out both hands, and he ran to her while her heart danced and twirled and spun inside her. Oh, Will, she whispered. She longed to reach up and caress his cheek with her fingertips, but he held her hands tight. She caught her breath. His tender smile put lights into his blue eyes, and the rough hands tightening over hers trembled. Will, how dear you are. 
As the coldness of his hands penetrated hers, she stepped back. Goodness, you're freezing to death. She looked down. Mud spattered his trousers, and his boots attested to the heavy rain and thick garden mud stirred up by the horse's hooves and the men's boots. I can't believe you did this. Nobody knew where you were. Not Tilly, and not your aunt. His voice softened. Besides, I I wanted to be the first to show you our new home.